you know, it, yeah. it's yeah. different mindsets the whole time of like going, it doesn't matter if mm. you fall off the mm. wagon. It doesn't matter if exactly. you have come home and you have eaten a whole cake because you've had a bad day because you've caught your husband cheating on you with a young girl, whatever, or diving to two bottles or whatever. That's fine. That's cool. It's done now. How do we go from here? You know, and it's having that support process in place and different angles to to carry people through. Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey, all helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, tribe leader, Janet Gorond. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober podcast, episode 127. My name is Janet Gorond. I'm the founder of Tribe Sober, and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober, we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last six years, we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. Now, many of those people discovered Tribe Sober via our challenges. And at the moment, we're running our annual 66-day challenge. It's called Hashtag Sober 66. Just sign up any day during September and you'll get 66 days of online audio and community support from the day you signed up. So here at Tribe Sober, we enable people to quit drinking and then to go on and thrive in their sobriety. And experience has taught us that six months of doing the work can rewire our habits so that we no longer reach for that glass of wine at 6pm. Six months without booze will result in so much more energy as well as more time. And that's why a tribe membership will link you to various practitioners who will gently introduce you to things like yoga, hypnotherapy, meditation, art therapy and all manner of things that you can try out either for free or at minimal cost. Ditching the drink takes you on a journey of self-discovery. It's such an opportunity to reconnect with your true self. Who actually are you and what do you really want out of your life? I'm always on the lookout for new activities which may be of interest to our tribe members, which is why I was so delighted to meet John Omenchis. Jono is an international performance coach. During his career, he's worked with South Africa's top national sports teams. He's also the founder and the inspiration behind the fabulous Jeff Fitness Community. Have a listen to our conversation and hear how the pandemic completely transformed Jono's business model and how he's empowered and connected his global community with simple yet highly effective tools. Not only does he share his fascinating story, but he's got a very generous offer for tribe members, so do keep listening. I began by asking Jano to introduce himself. Full name is, is Jono Mankies. I am living in Cape Town, South Africa. 
And I'm the founder of, of the, the Jeff Fitness community. Before that, I am an international sports conditioning specialist by trade. Been involved in international sport for the last 15 years across cricket, rugby, hockey, etc. Transformed and moved into a new environment whereby we developed a remote training schedule. And obviously that through COVID got pivoted to a different aspect altogether, which has been super interesting from that point of view. Yes, that is super interesting. We were just talking, weren't we, before I hit record. I was worried you were sitting in a noisy gym, but your world isn't like that at all. Talk to us about Jeff, you know, how, how does it all sure. work? Sure. You know, like Jeff is a very interesting story. I mean, I personally developed the concept of, of remote exercise and training through programming when I was traveling internationally for sport and I wanted to find a solution so I could actually be at home and, and develop a program. And I started it and I, I had some thoughts about it and I tested out and a few people and I started putting people on these 14 me programs to start. And it was, it was quite interesting to see the results that people got. What sort of spurned it on was I was traveling for seven months of the year. Basically, I was away from my, my very small family and it, it wasn't fair on them. And I, I needed to find a solution. And obviously, I, you know, like I went about it and I looked at it and I, I saw the results people were getting. And I was going, wow, I mean, this is super interesting because I was putting people on a journey in, in two aspects of, of, I mean, like what is in everyone's life? And number one, it it's, was WhatsApp. And then number two at that stage was email. So I used to send out the programming on email, which sounds simple, but was actually quite complicated at the time. Because if you think about programming, you get a piece of paper and people just go, oh, you know, like, oh, I can't do that. But what spurred me on is I used to walk into the gyms, and I, I'm sure a lot of people that are, would resonate with this. You walk into the gym, and you see a whole lot of people in a gym without a plan, just walking on a treadmill or just on a bike. I used to be exactly. one. <laughs> and I, it used to frustrate me because I used to go, you're wasting your time. So, you know, like I thought to myself, and I used to see this across gyms across all around the world, and I thought to myself, what happens if you had to give someone a plan? Whereby, for example, if they're walking on the treadmill, it'll be two minutes on this speed, three minutes on that speed, four minutes on this speed. But most importantly, they, they were using their time correctly according to a periodized plan, which which came across from a sports conditioning point of view, but, but simple for everyone to use in everyday life. I gave people clear, precise plans and programming of like step one, step two, step three, just follow this plan, trust the process, tie that in with a basic nutritional platform where people were sticking to a plan for five days out of seven, which is the 80-20 principle. The last piece I had to solve was accountability. If I could solve the accountability piece, um, it would be fantastic. The accountability piece it was, was really, really important. So what I did was I sent people a basic eating guideline and said, those are your options, those are your options, those are your options. And for them to get results, I wanted them to take pictures of their food. And send it to me. You know. I love that. It's so clever, you know, because I, I've seen so many of these plans, you know, and you have to write down what you eat. And I'm like, no, life is too short. But sending a picture. So simple. And uh, and how did you do that was basically through WhatsApp. Um, and that was in everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and what that formed was accountability. So people started educating themselves and that brought in the education point of view. What we did, um, then, we, then the, the next accountability perspective came from understanding what your body is i i sort of found out that like majority of the clients that would come to, to me would be females 
from that perspective, I, I looked at it and I went, okay, well, you know what? Ladies don't like to weigh themselves or they either weigh themselves all the time, which makes everyone go a little bit crazy. So I thought, what you've got to do is take pictures of yourself, okay, of your body shape, look what it's like, and then measure every three weeks. And that gave the sort of subconscious ability of responsibility to yourself and then see how your body changed subconsciously. So if maybe you didn't lose weight, but your body shape changed or you fit into a dress better or your jeans or whatever that may be. So it was more like, you know, it, it was figuring out like behavioral systems of people, which were basic, which people could understand. It was simple human behavioral strategies that we sometimes over complex and overlook. Um, and at the end of the day, we just want to feel better, look better and function better to make ourselves more confident. I put together the tools for that and just sort of packaged it rough, roughly. And next thing I had an explosion of people all around the world. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. at all. It's so clever. Honestly, I'm I'm sure I'm pretty typical, but I've, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm over the gym phase now, but I, I've joined several gyms in my life, you know, and you go in and you're overwhelmed by the yeah. equipment, you know, they take your money and then you're just abandoned and you've got no plan. I used to say to them sometimes, how do I know if I'm getting fitter? Can't we do an assessment? You know, but they they didn't even offer that most of the gyms I went to in Europe anyway. So I think it's brilliant. What I don't understand yet is you get your program at home, but you still have to find the equipment. So you're still going to a gym. Well, that was initially it. I wanted to use the gyms, but I'd give Mm. people a plan and get revenue from that, but use other people's gyms. COVID changed that. Eventually, I left um, the South African Rugby Union. I wasn't traveling anymore. We built a team of about 25 people at that stage in about nine months. And we're trying to figure out the economics of the whole thing and how to get it right. And then just got a lovely, beautiful office. And then COVID hit. I spent three weeks reprogramming all our programs into at-home training. Unfortunately, we had to make probably about 15 people redundant out of our, our team. We had to close our office. And be and we are unsure of what what we're going to do, but one thing that we are certain on is our clients or the people that we were working with wanted to have a form of connection during the lockdown period. And and in South Africa, it was extreme lockdown for for the first three weeks. We came up with the idea of doing an online fitness show on Facebook, which is in everyone's lives, um, at eight o'clock every single day. And I wrapped in my wife to, to help me because we, we didn't have help from anyone else. And we went to bought these two little lights and a little backdrop and we started it as hard lockdown started. And it just it sort of, we, we told our friends to come and, and next thing it snowballed and the kids walked through and knocked the lights over and it was chaos and it was, you know, we were fighting and it was just Everyone could resonate with it. And uh, that was the slingshot and the catalyst. The next day, it was another 100 people. The next day, it was another 100 people. And people were telling their friends. And what we found out was there was an opportunity for people to connect and start their day and get a bit of a daily rhythm in this uncertainty and and, and feel like it's okay to be in this whole chaotic approach. And that's where things really started to snowball. And we had to sort of like re-pivot and understand what was happening in the world. And we had a small window of opportunity. And, and we went at it. We strategized and we made it okay for you to exercise at home. And we changed people's behaviors. So they could be runners, they could be big gymmers, they could do anything. And through clever design and streaming through Facebook where you can see the visual approach of it, people had no other option but to try this aspect because we are, as humans, we are creatures of habit. 
We like to do the things that we are good at or we are used to. We don't like to do things that we don't. But if you don't have an option, you do it. And we satisfied that spot and we gave people confidence to try something different and they enjoyed it and they liked it and it changed their behaviors. But not only that, 65% of the people that joined us had never exercised before. So where you would ordinarily have someone who would feel uncomfortable walking into a big social situation such as a bricks and water gym, now they could come onto a screen, they could comment in the Facebook group and connect with their friends or family or around the world and exercise together, but not feel like they were going to be body shamed or uncomfortable. I mean, they could exercise in the nude if they wanted. No one cared because no one could see them, but they were still part of something bigger. We made it free to everyone initially to start and, and everyone joined and that's where the confidence grew and that's where people started to believe and that's where body started to change and then that's where community started to develop because you made it inclusive um, and then people started sharing these stories on Facebook, different colors, religions, fat, small, tall, skinny, alcoholics, non-alcoholics, people with clinical depression, whatever. They, they started sharing their stories, divorces, whatever it may be people became very inclusive of it because of that 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 environment that we're all in i love it the the power of community is everything it's the isn't only it? thing. i mean that that's that's what we're all about and sharing stories you know someone that i interviewed the other day uh, she was sharing her quite hectic story with heroin addiction actually and but she said that the moment i shared my story everything changed you know it was as if the universe was coming to help yeah. so um Community is everything. I really, yeah. Is you have to create an environment where people are comfortable yes. to do that and supported to do that. And that was the key catalyst is, is that we created an environment where people could feel like they could share. The stories that came yeah. up were amazing um, and they still continue to be amazing. Yeah. It's fantastic. You've got me. I'm joining. <laughs> so there, there's so much synergy between what you do and what we do. You know, this um, the techniques that you use. If, if I had to analyze, you know, obviously we've got lots of tools and techniques and strategies. But for me, the absolute key is mindset, because I've learned over the years and through my own experience that willpower doesn't work. You know, it's useful at the beginning and it'll get you to a certain stage, but you've got to really have the right mindset and see this as an opportunity rather than a problem and something I've got to fix. I just wondered what your thoughts on on mindset were. And obviously from your coaching, your sports days, I mean, for a sportsman, mindset is everything, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean if, you, if you ever want to, like in my opinion, if you want to execute in something, you have to be in the right frame of mind to execute. If you're running a race, if you're doing a talk, a presentation, even looking after your kids, if you're in the wrong frame of mind for them, it, it resonates throughout. But I think... From that perspective, it's all about the vulnerability of the situation. It's like, how do you get vulnerable in a situation? How do you get vulnerable in a situation? How do you get someone to be vulnerable to get into that that mindset? And for me, vulnerability is the key to everything. You can clock into an individual being a client of ours or a team member and get the vulnerability out of them on their why and where they want to go and why they're in the situation beforehand. I think you can clock into the mindset and and make no mistake, that's, I mean, I'm sure that, that you guys will know this too. That's not easy because people have different degrees of opening up and people have different degrees of, of wanting to share and, and different triggers of wanting to share and it's having the ability to identify that. And, and the biggest problem that we had 
it remains to be a problem. And that's why no one has solved it in the world. No one's done what we've done is because how do you do that at scale? How do you help people at scale? So it's a fine balance of, of getting a mindset across a community of, of getting that right. Having the ability to lead people through that situation, to be vulnerable, to micromanage it, uh, divide it into small little platforms and groups and communities, which we'll talk about just now, which which I'll, I think I'll blow your mind with what I'll tell you what we did, did just now. Yeah, like for me, getting in that mindset of, of being able to achieve anything, it's all about vulnerability. What is your rock bottom? How do you build it? You know, is it shaky? Is it not shaky? And, and, yeah. and building from there. The power yeah. of vulnerability, as you say. I think that was a famous yeah. talk, wasn't yeah, it, Renee Brown? Yeah, I wanted to, I've been thinking, obviously, uh, thinking about you today and thinking about fitness and, and that lifting weights thing, you know, when it, you get all sore at the beginning and it's so boring and you think, oh, my, my word, how on earth am I going to keep this going? I was just going to ask you how you kept them doing the work, because with sobriety, it's, you know, we've helped hundreds of people to, to get sober now, if not thousands, I don't know, I've lost count. It's really hard for the first six months, basically. If, you've, if you're really alcohol dependent like I was, you know, it's, it's six months of hard work and slog to get there. And then, you know, everything changes because you've got all these benefits coming in and, and you just feel like a different person, frankly. But to get, get people to stay on track and do the work, because a lot of people, and it might happen in the fitness world as well, they'll get so far and then they'll fall and then they'll go off the wagon for a while. So And then they'll come back. So they end up doing the hardest bit over and over again. <laughs> if they can just keep going for that six months, they've cracked it. And I wondered how you kept people going in the early yeah, and, days. And there's such a connection between sobriety and, and exercise and fitness. I mean, it, exercise is intrinsic. You fall in and you fall out of exercise. And if you if you look at all the gym memberships that are sold for a bricks and water gym, 80% <laughs> of the memberships sold on a monthly basis are people that were members before. That's a known figure. It's because people get excited, get motivated, they fall off the wagon, they have a massive weekend or whatever it may be, and then they, it, it just gets away from you. And it's like, how do you catch people every single stance? And and that's where I think we we fantastic. We built our, our our pillars of our business, and it's always been for me. It's like training, nutrition, and mindset, and that's what we built. And then I actually figured out it was community that really wrapped it around. How do you catch someone if they're injured? How do you catch someone if if they do have a drinking problem and they fall off the wagon? How do you get them back up and moving again to get them sustainable? And that's what we did. We did. We we you know we we formed education factors. We put together challenges over twenty one days, uh, ninety day rhythms, etc. Where it it fitted someone of every single character what they wanted to achieve out of it. But most importantly, we had to keep people excited and and accountable. So yeah. you know we we developed an app where people could log their activity on a daily basis, log their nutrition on a daily basis, and log their sleep, etc. Stress levels. But not only that, we made them form community groups. Over the last two and a half years, prior to us putting our communications through our, our app, we developed 6,500 WhatsApp groups in 73 countries around the world, where you could be in wow. London, but not only London, Southwest London, or it could be in Putney, it could be in Cape Town, it could be in Johannesburg, it could be in Zurich. But you joined the what you opted into that, that WhatsApp group and you became accountable to each other. And then we gave them the option of creating little community groups where they can go for a walk together on a Friday afternoon in those areas. We gave them a system. We caught them when they fell 
and we made them accountable to a group of people. It's never perfect, but it works. And, and we gave them purpose. You know, it, yeah. it's yeah. different mindsets the whole time of like going, it doesn't matter if mm. you fall off the mm. wagon. It doesn't matter exactly. if you have come home and you have eaten a whole cake because you've had a bad day because you've caught your husband cheating on you with a young girl, whatever, or diving to two bottles or whatever. That's fine. That's cool. It's done now. How do we go from here? You know, and it's having that support process in place and different angles to to carry people through. But it's hard. And I'm sure you know about that. I mean, it's like because people are different and, and, yeah, and yeah. that's hard to do. And people don't like to do yeah. the hard. And I think that's where we've been successful and why a lot of other businesses have failed is because to do the hard is hard. <laughs> Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. Now, I love the WhatsApp groups. I mean, we, we've been doing that for six years now, the WhatsApp. And, and it always amazes me because basically, you know, we've got the US group and the London group and the UK group and the Cape Town group, etc. And we, we, we chuck these bunch of complete strangers together. But the, the, it's it always turns out to be such a safe space, you know, and, and they really care about each other. You get obviously someone that's come home and found the husband cheating on them and drunk two bottles of wine, and the others all go, "Oh, that bastard!" And, you know, they'll all cheer that person up and say, "Well, you know, it's don't let it ruin your sobriety. That's him. It's not you." It's really restored my faith in human nature. I think in six years we've maybe had two or three little, you know, squabbles, probably because someone's drunk and they're being, you know, yeah. difficult. But mostly it's there's so much warmth there and it's absolutely key, isn't it, to keeping each other on track. We've obviously got plenty of people that are sober now, but rather than just drift off into the sunset and say thank you very much, they stick around and they inspire the newbies, you know, and they said, oh, I was really struggling for so long and now look at me, you know, and that's that's community, yeah. isn't it? And that seems so real, whereas if you're telling people or I'm telling people, oh, this is great, you must do it, it's like, yeah, whatever, it's all right for you. But if, you know, someone that in their little group tells them that, it's a different Yeah, matter. and I, I think, the, you know, like the, the powerful word that stands up for me, because there's so many similarities. Sorry, there's bells ringing it. The power of <laughs> transformation is incredible. Transformation changes people. When people yeah. see other people that have changed, either physically, mentally, or whatever it yeah. may be, it gives them hope. You have the biggest ability and responsibility once you've changed yourself to help someone else because you have that chance to change your life. Yep. It's incredible to see that. And I'm not surprised that people don't want to leave those groups because it, it feels good to give. And uh, that's, you know, yep. that's the most important thing. If you can, that's why we have a massive like purpose driven ability in our business where we raise money for various charities on, on these events. Yeah. Yeah, we do too. Yeah, it yeah, feels good to give, and if you can have that feeling of giving out the whole time, you will set yourself up for huge, huge success going forward. And I think there's a difference. I was thinking about this the other day between being motivated, which most people are when they start on this journey, but sometimes that motivation is more of a push. You know, it's because the doctors tell them they've got to stop drinking, or the husband's going to leave them if they don't yeah. stop drinking. You know, there's external factors there. But it once they're in the groups for a bit and they start getting inspired by the other people they meet there, then that moves, doesn't it, from motivation kind of okay but then once you're inspired there's no, no stopping there's not. really which is incredible yeah you're listening to a podcast from tribe sober 
If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribesober.com and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com. So I wanted to um, tell you about me. (laughs) When I was in my 40s, long time ago now, uh, I used to go to the gym every day. I used to, I was one of these corporate drones, but I used to get up at 6.30, go to the gym for an hour, go to work, work my socks off all day, do very well at work. And then I'd come home and drink a bottle of wine. I'd also eat organic, gluten-free, do yoga, I'd do all the things. But the wine, nobody was getting their hands on my wine. You know, that that was for me. I was performing well in every area of my life, but I wanted my wine. And I just wondered if some of your clients are like that. You know, sometimes it's the elephant in the room, the, the alcohol thing, isn't it? I just wondered how openly you and your coaches talk about alcohol to your Very guys. openly. And sometimes it's difficult conversations. I mean, we, 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 do, yeah. we do encourage balance in our business where we say we'd like you to eat clean and, and, and train and, and stay off the alcohol for five days out of seven if you do drink. Because, you know, people are people, you know, they, they, they have bad days, you know, they, they do things and, it, you know, let's, let's be, let's be honest, the, the oldest drug out there is alcohol and uh, it, affects, it affects people differently. Sure. But from a, a weight loss point of view, I mean, having two or three glasses of wine every single night, it's like a sugar bomb going off inside your body. And it's, 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 not good for you yeah and you're not going to get the result and then you start snacking yeah. don't you well, yeah. i used to like, I mean, the diet would go out of the window if i started on my wine like it, it's basically <laughs> saying well if you're having two glasses of wine it's it, it's two and a half tablespoons of sugar per glass that's five tablespoons you're having per night times that by five nights yeah. out of the week that's you know that's crazy it's 10 times about there it's a whole big bag of sugar that's the equation of three kilos that you could have you could have lost and you know, you got to change those behaviors as you move along. But then it's also, you know, it's like it's taking people down a journey, understanding that and then realizing their behaviors because you are coaching them through this and then seeing where the problems are and having the ability to say, listen, we think you do might have a problem with this. I mean, we we say to people, you know, we're not the wine Nazis, honestly. And we, but we say that if you can um, drink within the low risk limits, which are a bottle and a half of yep. wine a week, if you can really keep below that then you know you probably don't yeah. have a problem but many of us you know we tried to drink within those guidelines to drink moderately drink responsibly as the alcohol industry say and we just couldn't and that means that you've crossed that line into dependence so we say just ditch the stuff and then create you know a beautiful alcohol free life a life you don't want to escape from 100 <laughs> um, percent. but it's, it's like it's understanding yeah. are you that person or are you not that person i i personally you know I might have two or three glasses of wine on the weekend and that's it. I don't have a dependency, but I'm lucky, you know, but, but I, do, I, I do have yeah, many clients. Yeah. I have many friends who have had a massive problem and yeah. had to find them the necessary help that they needed. The way I look at it, and you might laugh about this, is for when a woman's going through menopause, they say, Jono, what shall I do? And I go, I don't know because I've never experienced menopause. I never will, <laughs> you know, but – this is what the parameters are in place that have worked in the past for some people or majority of people. This is what I think you should be doing. Yeah. And this is where I think you should be showing your vulnerability to and, and feeling cool to have that conversation. We've all had those friends or clients or whatever that, yeah. you know, you've gone out after work and you see them 
going proper into the bottle and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Are you comfortable enough to yeah. engage that? Are you comfortable enough to, to yeah. say that to someone and not be scared of the repercussions, you know? And then is that person strong yeah, enough to accept that, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. But, I mean, we certainly saw, didn't we, here in South Africa in the, the, the pandemic, you know, when alcohol was banned. We were the only place in the world to do that. And suddenly, you know, it was, wow, where am I going to get my wine? And all the, I don't know about you, oh, you're in Cape Town too, but there's a, a few big blocks near where I live in Seapoint. And I heard through the grapevine that all the kind of caretakers were arranging for bottles of wine to be available in the concierge or whatever 100%. you want to call it. So yeah, crazy, man. Yeah, I, I just love this. Um, I want to know more about taking pictures of your food because you say that, and obviously this is true, I've heard it before, losing weight is 30% exercise and 70% what we eat. So talk to us about this 14-day food coach program, please. Uh, yeah, well, we, you know, we, we're always looking at launching out different programs and uh, you know, nutrition is, is a huge part of what we do, be it a live cook-along, uh, hundreds of different pro programs according to what you what you want to achieve or what dietary requirements you follow etc but you know everyone needs a bit of a, a reset every now and then and understanding what that reset is and going back to basics and sometimes we we overcomplicate things and i think our 14 the you know the course is just about going back to basics understanding what you can put in your mouth what you shouldn't be and for how many times you should be doing it also it's like being aware of what you're putting in so the pictures aren't there to to food shame you it's for you to subconsciously look at it like you should be doing every day and go, that portion's too big. That portion's too small. I shouldn't be having that. Why am I having that? Why are you saying I can't have that when it looks good to me, but to you it doesn't look bad? Or you take this out and you put that in and just maybe have it at this time of day and it makes a big difference. But it's, it's more education around what works for you and what doesn't work for you and, and what's right and what's wrong. The behaviors that your mom taught you, that you've stuck to for the last 30 years, and are you teaching your kids that she said is healthy is actually not healthy? You know, it, 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 those are wrong. It's just family traits that we've had. So it's just about going along that along 14 days, just setting a behavior, understanding if you need more level of support to go into other programmings, or just resetting yourself from that perspective. It's just taking a small part of what we do, refining it. Um, and pushing in, the, in a direction for, for people that really require that going forward. Yeah. I was thinking with your, your kind of international um, reach, do you get people sending you photos of, I don't know, of exotic meals from various parts of the, the world and you're, you're not quite sure what it is 100%. maybe? And, you know, we're doing a big corporate project with a pharmaceutical firm across the Middle East um, into India and, and Africa. And you get, I mean, we've been seeing the stuff that we've designed for them totally off plan, especially from India. But but for me, I actually don't even care about that. But most importantly, they're communicating. They're doing it, but they're still communicating. So we got them engaged, which is fantastic. So there's a yep. different level of, of engagement from that perspective. But that's very true. I say to people sometimes, even if you're not ready, stop drinking yet. Just join Drive Sober and listen and learn and observe and maybe we'll inspire you. Maybe we won't. If we don't, then leave. You know, just engaging is the first step as well. Yeah, and, and, you know, and the thing is we, we've got a policy where we, we never feed shame or we never do anything like that. You know, it's very much like bump your head, learn, learn. Because if you, if you can understand that and, you, you know, like even posting a picture of your food is a certain amount of vulnerability that you need to do. 
yeah. out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So if you can do that and you can learn from it, yeah. that's amazing. Just it's it it's is. basically like putting your hand up and saying, "Okay, I'm in," you know, um, and that's more important. Yeah, to me. yeah. It's like saying, "I want to learn," you know, and I might want to change. Just I want tell to, me more. I, I want to stop drinking. How? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because me, many of us know for decades, you know, that we've uh, we've got an issue with our drinking. In fact, I read a study about this. You might be interested. Quite recent research done by a recovery group in the U.S. called the Tempest. And they um, interviewed hundreds of people in recovery. And they said, how long was it between that moment when you thought, oh, I've got a problem here with alcohol, and you reached out and got some help? And it was 11 years. It's a long That's, time. Yeah, it makes it? sense, though, because yeah, we, it's yeah. what we do. We, nature, like we know best. Yeah. And most of that 11 years, I mean, I know I spent my 11 years trying to moderate and failing and trying and failing and then feeling dreadful about myself because why couldn't I drink like Jono with these two glasses of wine yeah, a week? And, and make you know? a mistake. I, I make <laughs> mistakes. I'll go to a party and I will get a bit excited and I'll have more than I should. And I learn the next day. Properly learn. And it's yeah, like, yeah. you idiot. Yeah, because your body must yeah. be so um, sensitive. Stupid. Because I'm sure you're, but, you're very um, fit. But, but we are we all all human, and like we, whatever relationship you are yeah, in, if it's your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, if it's exercise, is your, your relationship. If it's alcohol, which is your your relationship, it's a constant relationship of learning and uh, understanding that relationship is 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 key to success. But it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a relationship. We, we say to people that we help them change their relationship with yeah. alcohol because I got to a stage with my drinking when my idea of a good night was just to be at home with my bottle of wine. You know, that was my relationship. I didn't need anybody yeah. else in my life. Yeah. I had my wine. Yeah. That's that's kind of okay until it's not. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I think a lot of our Tribe Sober people and other listeners to this podcast are going to be very interested in, in what you do. So just kind of talk me through it a little bit. Say I sign up today to, to Jeff. I'll go on your website. What happens next? And take me through the, those early weeks. Sure. Will so, like? so look, let, let, let's, be, let's be clear. If you are signing up to Jeff, you are signing up to the world's most supportive fitness community. And I say that with confidence. It's a community that has grown to over 100,000 people in 73 countries around the world in two and a half years. One that has lost wow. over 60,000 kilos, over 200,000 centimeters, <laughs> over 9,000 uh, mental health cases addressed. So, you know what? It works. And I say that with confidence because there's nothing else that exists worldwide like it. So, what you can expect is a community that's going to catch you at every single stance. And we have different layers of support. We have a Jeff Life, which is a very light membership. We have our Jeff Club, which is our big vein that runs through the the, the business where you have access to everything. And then you have our one-on-one -on -one coaching support where you work one-on-one -on -one with the coach in the remote space. What we will do is we won't just let you join and have no direction. You will get onboarded according to your goal, what you want to achieve. You will be pointed in the right direction on the correct program for you according to what you look like, who you are, and what you and, and what you want to achieve. We will then put you into a community of people that will assist you. We will give you a purpose. We will educate you. We will give you a plan that will set you up for success. But what it's not more much about what we can do for you because we can help you and we can change you. We've shown that. It's like, what can you do for us? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to trust? 
And if you can trust and you can embrace, my goodness, it, it's a it's a journey that's going to take you on a, on something incredible for you. Um, it's a journey of self discovery. It's a, it's a journey of changing your life and reestablish reestablishing your your foundation. And that's what the community does. And luckily, we've got a massive team of people now supporting that. We've got the tech that's doing it. We're building a plan as we're flying it to to support <laughs> you at every single step that you need. I, I encourage you to go to jeff.fitness and go and have a look at it. Go search me at John O'Mankey's um, on Instagram and go look at it. We even have makeup courses. Makeup courses. Why? Makeup courses. <laughs> you know why? Because when you lose a bit of weight, when you feel a bit better about yourself, what do you do? You put on a dress, you do something like that, and then you do a nice little wing eye because you want to feel better about yourself. Beautiful, yeah. That so reminds me of something that we talk about called the domino effect because we say that once you've ditched the booze, once your head clears, you get your creativity back, you get some energy back, you start feeling good about yourself again, then you start looking at other parts of your life, you know, so... <laughs> People in our community, they're going to start looking at, at what you do, and that can be a perfect next step yeah, for them. 100%. Most importantly, like we just want to help people, and and that's you know the, the big goal is one million yeah. and one lives. It's about the next person that you can change and you can help and hear their stories and get them to help other people. That's a responsibility that we have. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the underlying things. Like, how can we help other people help others? And I, and that's a weighty responsibility, but one that I really hold very, very high. Thank you so much, Jono. What a great story. Let's pull out some key points. After a career coaching SA's top sports teams, Jono was looking to build a business where he could spend more time at home with his young family. He had plenty of innovative ideas, had moved into his new premises and was just getting his Jeff Fitness community started. And then COVID hit. Like many businesses, Jeff had to do a massive and unexpected pivot. Jono got busy redesigning his fitness programs to be at-home sessions. And he designed those workouts to suit all ages and all levels of ability. And in fact, 65% of the people who joined up had never exercised before. There would be no feeling of overwhelm and intimidation when walking into a huge gym full of fit-looking people who knew exactly what they were doing. There would be no body shaming as people could work out in the privacy of their own home and no one could see them. Jono started finding ways to link his community as they went through the various fitness programmes and he discovered that the connections which were being made were strong. During those difficult and uncertain COVID days, people needed to share their feelings as well as exercise their bodies. And to get the party started, he did an online fitness show via Facebook every morning at 8am. He got his wife involved and it got a huge following, a hundred new people signing up every single day. He discovered that people were needing a new routine because suddenly they found themselves working from home and without much idea of what tomorrow would bring. We agreed on the power of community. Jono has his pillars of nutrition and exercise with community wrapped around them. We also touched on the power of vulnerability and how it's down to us as facilitators to create the right environment, a safe space where people feel able to share. 
Jono set up an amazing 6,500 WhatsApp groups in 75 countries. Small groups who kept each other accountable and even met up physically sometimes. We agreed that there's a lot of synergy between what we do at Tribe Sober and what he does at Jeff. And he's very kindly put together a special deal for Tribe Sober members. He's offering a 50% discount on the first month's club membership of Jeff, so you can see what it's all about. We'll be sending the discount code out to all of our members. And if you're not yet a member, then just go to tribesober.com and hit join our tribe. And once you've joined Jeff, you'll be able to download the Jeff app, send in your goals and preferences, and you'll get a program which has been tailored to your needs. Just go have a look at the awesome Jeff website. It's just called Jeff, J-E-F-F dot fitness. I'll put the link in the show notes. John O and I agreed that whether it's fitness or sobriety, those early days are tough and we have to find innovative ways to keep people on track. Because during those early days, it just feels like it's all hard work and there are no real benefits coming in. So we're both very keen on challenges. And in fact, here at Tribe Sober, we're busy with our annual hashtag Sober 66 challenge. That's audio, online and community support to get you through 66 days of sobriety. 66 days is long enough to change a habit. It's long enough to build a whole new neural pathway. So sign up any day during September and your 66 days of support will start from that day. So just go to tribesober.com, hit the hashtag Sober66 button and join our 100 plus people on the Sober bus. Let me end with a member message from one of our chat rooms. This one is from Meg in Australia. I feel so free, not having that torment in my head about how much I drank and why I can't drink less than a bottle and did I buy something I didn't need or text something to someone I shouldn't have said. None of the alcohol shopping, dodging those regular bottle shops, clanking bottles in my bin, no wine breath, no sluggishness, no crankiness, the list is endless. I feel mentally free for the first time in over a year. No self-loathing, I was so mean to me. I'm learning how to dump endorphins into my brain with happy thoughts, music, gratitude, and I'm changing my thinking thanks to Tribe Sober's Lizard Brain podcast. So well done, Meg. I love what you say about being mentally free. I wrote an article once called Seven Ways Sobriety Sets You Free. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. So if you listen to this podcast regularly, please leave us a review. To show our appreciation for the review, we'll send you a discount voucher so you get your Sober 66 challenge for free. Once you've posted your review, just take a screenshot, send it to Janet at tribesober.com and we'll set you up on the challenge. So that's it from me. I'll be back next week. Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard, it takes courage and grit, and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain, and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. 
So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.